Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the seventh episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud, and it feels good, really good to be back once again with another video, bringing you some Valorant content. Troy, how you feeling, man? Man, I am feeling good this week. I, uh, you know, I've been, I've been doing some practicing, man. I've, I've been... I've been getting a little oh. better. My shot, my, my uh -huh. game's getting a little better. I feel a little more consistent on what's going on. And quick fact for you, speak of consistency, uh, there's an awesome article that's on uh, the Spike.gg. You know, we had him on a couple weeks ago talking about uh, the eternal battle between the Vandal and the Phantom. And how about yes. this? How about this to start right into some Valorant talk? At distances of 30 meters or greater, the Vandal is always faster at killing an opponent. The only other time it is faster is when an opponent has full shield at a distance of 15 to 30 meters. In every other scenario, the Phantom is quicker. He goes on mm. to say, there aren't very many situations where you'll be firing at a distance over 20 meters. Right? So really, okay. John, the conclusion that, you know, because the rate of fire, because the, you know, the spray, everything that they did, this little, this little uh, chart that they have here from, from this test that they did, shows basically the Phantom is the better gun most of the time. That's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because there has been a big debate, I think, since really the beta, right? The Vandal, Phantom, which one do you use? And there was always the argument, I know we said it on the show several times, was, you know, hey, if, if I'm not hitting shots with the Vandal, I switch to the Phantom, you know, because some days I'm just not. And, you know, some days the Phantom works, some days the Vandal works. But I will say this, I have been switching to the Phantom, and I'm glad you pull up those, you know, those kind of stats. Despite.gg obviously doing great stuff over there, love them. Love what they're doing. Arthur, obviously the CEO, as you said, we brought him on. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, I think the Phantom absolutely is the stronger of the two and i gotta say uh for me i've been noticing it as of recently yeah i've been uh you know i i really loved the vandal for a long time i've had some great clips with it um but i do feel like for some reason the phantom has been more consistent which leads me to say the past two packs the collection packs that we've had to be able to buy in the store don't have a phantom skin in them so hopefully the I next know. one will so i have a really cool phantom skin because i'm missing it now that i'm playing with the phantom so much <laughs> and it's just it's just a dull black gun taylor just a dull black gun i know i know well they did come out with one skin i do have one skin for it yeah they have the um, red one out you just have to buy yeah, it. the red one that's yeah. the one i have yeah i yeah I forget the name of it like you said no Nothing in the pack, though, which, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and out myself before I get outed uh, by you in the future. I said I'm not going to buy anything from that Sovereign pack. I bought the knife. I bought the uh, the little, you know, uh, gun buddy. And I also bought the uh, the ghost skin. So uh, I hmm. said I, I talked a big game, said I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, I, 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 I did it. I, yeah, I bought those skins. Yeah, I mean, you, you do. Uh, you Sometimes you just got to <laughs> give in, man. And, and that's what happened. Definitely. Uh, sometimes you, you convinced me. You what can I say? Them. I'm a good salesman. I uh, I like really I like are. the sell really No, uh, yeah, I mean it's it is a great pack. I hope the next <laughs> one we uh, we definitely get that Phantom skin. But hey, you know I thought it was an interesting thing to kick off the show with a little controversy already between the Vandal and the Phantom, uh, and and the community speaking out. But one thing is for sure, the community keeps speaking out about our show. And let's jump into Ask the Agents. Ah, so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. First off, I want to say thank you guys so much for uh, the additional five-star rating reviews we got this week. You guys are amazing. We got like 13 uh, five-stars already. 
So thank you guys so much. No comments, but I do want to say, make sure if you guys do take the time to rate it, leave your comments so we can give you a shout out. We want to do that for you guys. Uh, we, we really do appreciate all you gals and girls out there listening and enjoying the show. Uh, and to all you one-star reviewers out there, if you're still listening, we hope we, we can change your mind. We hope that uh, hopefully we can continue to uh, change the show, grow the show in the way you like it, enjoy it as well, and bring the content that matters to you uh, so we can get that new rating. You know, so so Taylor, everybody can be happy, you know, and, and just yep. big hug, big group hug. You know what I mean? Good vibes. <laughs> well, six feet apart, six feet apart. Oh, that's group true. Group hug. Yeah. You know, okay, let's, let's maintain that social distancing. That's but true. But you're right, man. We, we do appreciate you guys, and we notice, uh, obviously, all the ratings that do come through. We genuinely from the bottom of our heart do appreciate all of you guys but like you said read a, you know leave a comment let us know what you're thinking let us know what you kind of want to talk about so we can digest it talk about it ourselves and feature you we love featuring you guys as the agent you and we really this show wouldn't be uh what it is without you and that that is a uh cold hard fact so we appreciate you guys and thank you so much yeah without you guys the show wouldn't exist so thank you guys so much for listening and talk about things we can do for you we're going to bring you the news in this week's Run It Back. Yeah, let's bring it back. Man, so normally here we're going to be talking about some patch notes, but hey, no patch notes as of yet. I know 1.02 is right around the corner. We discussed 1.01 last week. So this week we're going to be talking about the Ignition Series announcement and a couple of other topics as well. That includes, uh, you know, obviously ranked potentially coming in that next update, as well as the surrender option of new guns coming to Valor. But let's start off with the Anition series. This is awesome. If you guys don't know, at the very beginning uh, of the beta, uh, Waylon Vegas, right, he came out and he, he's a senior director of Global Esports, and he basically stated he wants the, the competitive scene and just the community in general for Valorant to be grown organically. So with the Ignition series... They are now putting that idea, that ideology now into action. And uh, basically, this series is going to include content creators. It's going to include uh, maybe even competitive players, uh, teams in general, right? We, you know, we're, we're seeing G2 now out with some events. I know Team Liquid has been out there, Immortals, right? As well as tournament organizers from all over the world to build the Valorant competitive ecosystem. I love this. It's the first step, as they say in Riot Games, in taking... Uh, and, and facilitating and organizing uh, any type of competitive play at scale and basically, you know, fine-tuning what we need to improve on. And that includes, you know, not only the spectator mode, but maybe even the competitive rule set. You know, do we need pick and bans, things like this, right? We're going to find out. But I love this new series, and it's a huge positive for the Valorant scene. Yeah, um, it's going to be amazing to see that, like, obviously, right, stepping behind the esports scene and actually putting themselves out there, uh, coming up with their own, you know, series first. Uh, I call it ignition series. What do you call it? Ignition? Ignition? Is it ignition or ignition? Ignition? Ignition. That's what I, that's what I thought. It. It's ignition, right? It's funny because is that my do... Kentucky accent coming out? Yeah, 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 for sure. One hundred. <laughs> I can't say long either. I, I say long. Everybody always roasts me for that. I'm like, look, man, I'm from Kentucky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it it is awesome to see them step behind. I, I mean, this weekend we had two events already with the G2 Invitational uh, and, the and, rage, and, yeah. and the Rage event happening in Japan. Uh, really big. Uh, some controversy around the G2 event. We're going to talk about a little bit. Uh, uh -huh. Some some other pros coming out and and really uh, defining back to as you mentioned wanting. Wanting to grow the scene organically, 
right? Um, yeah. and, I, and I think the pros, the players around it also want to see that, not just a flood of what we talked about a few times on the show, which is, you know, uh, other players coming over from other scenes like Counter-Strike and just dominating this, you know, and taking those spots automatically, like kind of throwing up your hands and saying, these are the pros. They, they've been pros before, but instead really welcoming in new players and, uh, and new teams into the scene and, and, and really growing it organically, just like league was back in the day before we had all these crazy sure. teams and everything else going on. So yeah. it is at the heart of riot to continue to grow it. And I think, uh, these, these first two events we had this weekend were a great step. Yeah, 100%. And like I said, Waylon, you know, the senior director of Global Esports for Riot, great things. He's leading the charge. And can't forget uh, Casra as well, the Valorant Esports strategy lead. So both of those are kind of going hand in hand, or, or both of them are going hand in hand, rather, to kind of facilitate the growth of the Valorant scene. But like you mentioned, you know, G2 obviously did a great job, Rage as well. And uh, it seems like the series is off to a great start. And I hope to see more events taking place. But either way, this is a great step forward for the Valorant. And I mean that because there's, you know, been some talk around Twitter and everything. And they're talking about, you know, Valorant and how the viewership is low. And do they think Valorant will even be around in a year? And it's mm. like, you know, it's crazy to me that people are thinking that because, as we mentioned before, Riot with, you know, League of Legends, the LCS, the longest running esports league in history, you have to start somewhere. And the legs are there through Riot. And for this series, I mean, it's just the start. I mean, we literally are only, what, three weeks or so into this game's full release. Yeah. What, uh, almost only less than four months of, uh, you know, this game actually even being out and playable. So the point is, yes, this game is going to do just fine. And the Ignition series is going to be at least a good start of it. Either way, though, either way, Troy, we, we've been playing. I know you've been practicing and you have been improving. I will give you that. I will give you that. I didn't have much time to play this week, given the fact that I had to study for another game and, and do an event. But I've always wanted to surrender because there are times I'm losing 11 to 1, 12 to 1, and I'm like, you know what? I've had enough. I get it. All right, I'm going to run away with the tail between my legs. So the fact is, uh, at least as of right now, Riot Games is discussing a surrender option, but they're also discussing new guns coming to Valorant. What's your take on that? Well, first off, if you're waiting to 11 to 1 to realize you've lost the game, you <laughs> might have already wanted to surrender. So, um, <laughs> yes, I would I would probably do it before that. But, yeah, they, they did announce uh, this week Anna Super Cupcakes um, from Riot, uh, the Valorant team, mm -hmm. said that they, they were improving the spectator mode. So that's a good thing for the esports scene across the bat, right? Like bringing those advances already. Like you said, yes, we are three weeks in the game, people questioning things. That's just I think that's kind of what gamers do now. Like, no game can launch and the community be completely happy. We've seen this time and time again with other games. Uh, and so, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, the community maybe a little bit of like, oh my gosh, is this really going to be a pro game? Is Riot sure. really going to have... And I think it just speaks to the investment that they're doing, improving the spectator mode already, listening to the community there. Uh, but yes, also, you know, not... Not necessarily saying new games are coming, more so saying they're not against it. The same 17 guns have been in the game uh, internally, you know, for as long as they can remember, uh, for, for a very long time. Uh, and they feel like the balance is really good where it is right now, but it isn't totally out of question, uh, is what they said, uh, about something new coming into the game. But right now, uh, they're not, there's nothing in the short term planned for that. But So, yeah, maybe there is a future where they see um, you know, different weapons coming into the game that would really change up the meta, right? Really change up the game a lot. Um, uh, besides just maps and game types and game modes that we've talked about, but even changing the items in, in the core of what Valorant is at some point isn't out of question, which just means, hey, 
they have an open mind to really take this game where the community wants it to be. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, obviously with, with guns and new agents, new maps, that's just how the game is going to develop and evolve over time. I personally feel that adding new weapons is probably one of the last things that they need to kind of think about, right? I know we talked about it last time with Spike Rush, maybe adding just an all gold gun round, which that's fun, right? That's kind of a novelty. But as far as truly competitive goes, I don't feel we need new guns. That's one of the last things that actually I'm even thinking about because I do like, as they said, right? It feels balanced and everything feels okay. Yeah, we can discuss you know, which one's better, the, the Vandal or the Phantom, and you could take your pick. But either way, both of them are viable weapons to be using and maybe some tweaks need to be done. But either way, I do feel that the current 17 guns that we do have in-game fill really well. So hopefully, you know, maybe over time we'll see some new introductions, but I want to see more agents and maps before any of that comes out. I do see on the bottom, though, actually, Ian Fielding, the uh, senior producer, did in fact come out and say an option for early surrender will be introduced with patch 1.02. So that's going to be the next patch coming out. So I'm really happy that that is going to be an option. We can start rolling some games back to back, you know, and just giving up whenever we know we've lost. Either way, no, no, no. Love see, Taylor, I'm, I'm going no, the oh, other way. Okay. I'm going the other way. Hold How on. many people can I make surrender? That's <laughs> that is what I'm, true. That's what I'm going for. I, I'm going to be keeping my tally of how many teams surrender to <laughs> us. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, you but got a I winner's do, mentality, I, my guy. I, I do. I do want to know those out there that when this feature comes into play and, and you're making people surrender, please write into us. Let us know. Shoot us some clips. So we want to see this action tweeted at us. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping count myself, Taylor, as we okay. make other teams surrender. And we will, hey, sir. I hope so. We will. I'm confident of that at some point. <laughs> it might only happen once, but when it does, I will make sure that everybody knows about it, and it's going to be fun. Uh, I, I, sorry for that, by the way, if I make you quit out there. We're, we're very sorry. Uh, oh, Not really. I, I think if you run into Too Loud, you see that name on the other team, I think you know you're in good hands. You're probably going to win that match. Oh, I just want to say. come on I just want to say. No, come hold on. up. You always roast me. You always roast me, that's so true. I got to hand it back. That's All right, I got to hand that's it back. True. That's true. Well, uh, one thing is for sure, if, uh, if you're going to see me, you might see me in some ranked play uh, because mm. that is also so hopefully going to come out in 1.02. Or within the next week, maybe it's going to be its own patch release. I'm not sure. Uh, Rise Eagle said that, hey, everyone, it's been hectic, so I haven't had a lot of time to post. To answer the biggest question, rated competitive mode will likely be out sometime next week. We're spending this week putting together the release and making sure it is good. And that was tweeted out on June 15th, 2020, uh, at 6.43 p.m. Central Standard Time, sir. Okay, I like it. Well, you know, it's it's actually interesting because we talked in our last episode about ranked. Is it ready? Do we need to see it as of yet? I personally wanted it only because I wanted something else to play for. You said it wasn't ready because of obviously, you know, the FPS issues, the freezing issues and things like that, which, you know, still are there. Obviously, some hot fixes have come through. But regardless, though, there still are issues. And also, too, you have to hope that Riot has really put, uh, you know, kind of a thought into how they want the ranked system to work. How are you going to earn your rank? You know, how many unrated games, if any, are going to count towards your rank? These were some things that were, in fact, answered and discussed during the first iteration of Ask Valorant, which I love. Once again, that, that's a new series that they're running. Basically, it should, they just answer some of the most repetitive questions that come their way in the past weeks. Um, and that's just the transparency that we love to see. But back on point with the ranked mode, I'm happy it's coming out. 
But now I, I really am thinking, are we fully ready for it? But I, I don't think we have a choice. It's going to come either way and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Maybe it's going to be great. We'll have no more issues and everything's cool. But maybe it does get released and there are some frustrations. But that's where the you know the awesome team over at Valorant, they're going to kind of pick up the pieces, you know, and, and make things better. Let me ask you something. Would you rather them say, here is ranked. It is not 100%. We want to release it and learn from it. Um, and maybe we'll reset every season, every act, whatever it is. Um, or would you rather them say, Hey, never mind, it's not ready and delay it? What would you rather have? Hmm. I think at this point, obviously, you know, coming out and saying that they're going to come out ranking and then delaying it further, that that just leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. So I think, well, at this I'm saying point, maybe they didn't are... say that. Like, if we were, if that was just, a uh, if, they did, if they didn't say it, I think you know maybe they 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 wait another week. I don't know. I don't know how much is on their plate, but maybe they wait another week to really figure it out. Because let, let's you know with one point zero two, hopefully that's going to bring in, um, you know, obviously some new additions. We talked about early surrender and things like that, but obviously quality of life updates, and that's going to include some server issues. Uh, hopefully fixes like you know FPS drop. So I would say wait until those issues are fixed. And if you think they're going to be fixed in one point zero two, let the players test it see what the response is because of that. Maybe look at your stats and then say, okay, FPS issues are fixed. Freezing issues are fixed. Cool. Let's go ahead and release rank mode now. We feel confident. That That's what I think would have been the best play. But I know that the scene right now is screaming for rank mode. So maybe there was some uh, you know underlying pressure, if you will, from the community. And maybe they're feeling that. And that's why they're so quick to want to release it. I, I don't disagree. I just hope it's ready. That's all I'm going to say. I hope it's I hope it's ready. But one thing that the community is also screaming about, we're going to talk about here in our main topics this week. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into those. Pay attention. I learned something. Think you can keep up? Who am I kidding? You know you can't keep up. So the thing that you love so much here, Taylor, and Valorant, hmm. and you can't mm -hmm. get enough of, is your Radiant Knight. And Is that right? <laughs> I mean, that, no pun intended. I don't think you can get enough. I don't think anybody yeah. can unless they have enough money to get enough. I don't have enough money to get all the Radiantite that I would like to have to upgrade my guns. True. Because as we talked about last week, I spent it all on buying the packs. Um, yep. And you know what? I think you get like 75 Radiantite in your battle pass. So although I'm not at a you know, level, the, the, the final stages yet, Right, and all the way through mm -hmm. through my, my Act 1 pass, um, I still don't think 75 Raiden Knight's going to be enough. Yeah, I, I don't think 75 is enough, you know, especially with all these packs being released. We, we talked about how much it takes to just upgrade one weapon, right? If you want all of the, uh, the skin variants, right? Because we know it takes 15 Raiden Knight to upgrade to, you know, if you want your ghost to be fully black or... You know, black with kind of the outlines, things like that. And, and that, that applies, obviously, to the Guardian and, and the other items that were released. Um, but yeah, Radiant Knight, there's not enough of it. So with them talking about a remake is pretty interesting because it's still early on. And the system is, is still very new. But I, again, I go back to how receptive and open the Riot team is and the Valorant team is specifically with listening to community feedback. And I think one of the things that they have heard uh, very loud and clear, maybe even from our last podcast, is the cost of Radiant is the cost of the skins themselves. So the fact is, with them coming through with Radiant maybe redeveloping it, I'm not going to lie, it makes me excited because 
Radiantite right now just isn't as abundant as you said. 75, that's not enough. Uh, my apologies. It's actually 130. It's 75 to rank up a gun completely. So, like, if you go rank okay, up the so, Guardian, okay. it's 75. So but even so, it's you'll 130, earn 135. Yeah, 130. 130. Yeah, I mean, I, so what, you can get two guns essentially ranked up? I, I don't know, man. And it's so, you know, separated out and... and you know, you're 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 looking at this gun that you bought, this amazing sovereign guardian, and you and you want to upgrade it all the way, and you don't have the points yet, so you got to spend more money. You know, it goes back to that thing. Yep. I really think that you know they they come out and you know they said um, that our plan is to have Radiantite points become the evolving currency of Valorant, and that was said by uh, Revenue Lead Joe Lee. Uh, he said, "So we so as we develop new features, we hope you'll be able to buy." More more gun buddies, upgrade card players, sprays in addition to what is currently just weapon skins. So, mm. I mean, if you're going to drop more of these items into the game, I need more Radiantite points, and I need more ways to get Radiantite points, and I don't That's understand facts. why I don't get Radiantite points when I complete a game. Yeah. That's uh that's a fact. Honestly, that that's pretty rough. Well, first and foremost, this is the revenue lead. All right. And I love how he said, hopefully you'll be able to use it to buy more gun buddies, right? So he yep. he is absolutely plugging it like, hey, I want you guys to buy some more items. But you know, it is interesting. As we know, the game is going to evolve. And like he said, gun buddies, uh player cards, you know, sprays, and of course, you know, different weapon skins and potentially even uh character skins or agent skins, right? So using Radiant Knight might be a way in the future to go ahead and upgrade. So if you do earn uh, a certain gun, gun buddy, like let's just use the pizza slice or the, or the block of cheese, for example, right? That that comes with your battle pass, right? If you unlock that, maybe you unlock just a standard yellow block of cheese. And I don't know if it tickles your fancy, <laughs> maybe use your Radiant Knight to unlock the green block of cheese or a blue block of cheese. Uh, so you got some blue cheese please, on your no, plate. You're extra please. fancy. No, I don't well, I, 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 <laughs> But that's what I'm thinking it's going to be. I'm thinking there's going to be multiple levels of of different items that you do unlock with your battle pass and even buy in the shop. That will be upgradable via Radiantite. But therefore, though, like you said, a, a change needs to happen because Radiantite's too expensive and it's not as, as abundant as it needs to be. And for all these upgrades, we're talking about spending a fortune. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we've, we've said it a few times. It is quite a bit of money to go ahead and get that gun, use the Raiden Knight to level it up. Even if you buy the pass, you know, you're still waiting. That's money you got to fork up until you get there. Um, I do like that they have a pass. We've talked about that and, and the price of the pass. It's all good as well. Uh, you know, the controversy around Raiden Knight is going to continue. Um, I think no matter probably what they do, the community is going to feel like it's always a little short. Um, unless they get happy with it. I don't know how, you know, unless they're rewarding you for every single thing that you do. Um, but you know, the controversy is going to start and it's going to continue until I don't know when Taylor probably forever. It might be. And, um, be. you know, speak of controversy, I mentioned this earlier, but there was some controversy around this, this new, you know, uh, ignition series, right? This, the, the ignition G2 series, uh, yeah, that so came what out. was the controversy. So basically, it really feels like uh, there, there's a great article, by the way, on Val Valorantify.com. Um, and on Valorantify, they, they wrote a great article. It's by Mandeep. And uh, he talked to some of the other pro players that were, you know, playing with the Royals and uh, Fabric Fab Fabrican, I believe it is. Um, and uh, those guys, anyways, largely came out and said, like, hey, this 
really was a mix of pro players and you know the captains and players were mixed again. They had tournaments come in, you know, players, people come in that were maybe more influencer based, right, than pro players sitting with some of these teams because it was an invitational. And really, the the pro players that are coming up aren't getting chances to step in and really shine because they're continually trying to put streamers and and clout based mm. people into these tournaments. Right. So there's two sides to this argument, and I understand both sides. Number one, obviously, with you know with G two, they want to, and you I mean you know they they're talking about big name sponsors such as Red Bull, right? It's getting a lot of uh, you know eyes because this is. For all intents and purposes, the first event, to, along with Rage, obviously, to lead the Ignition Series. And that's a big task to take. So I can understand from G2 side of things, they want to include a, a nice mix of great players to provide that great content, those those fantastic moments. But they also want to appeal to the masses with content creators and streamers. So they kind of have an obligation to boost numbers and streamers. Let's face it, right? They they do boost numbers. But I also understand the you know the Fabrican 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 man that is a that is a name Fabrican yeah. coach basically coming out and stating that. Obviously, he is upset with, uh, you know, obviously the addition and kind of making this more of a celebrity style of event because he wants, you know, he, as a coach, he wants the best competitors playing against each other. Yeah, he doesn't he, care about streamers, right? Yeah. He, he, he compares about the competitive integrity. So for him, it's frustrating because he's like, I want my team and I want my team to play the best. And if we are going to win this tournament, if we're going to perform well, I want it to know or I want it to stand that we beat the best players in Valorant. And you don't get that pedigree when you have streamers involved with it. One of the guys who's very, very vocal about this is Bala TW, right? From, of course, the Fortnite scene, one of the commentators, he's been tweeting about it. And he's like, hey, it's just not fun. It's not interesting to watch streamer-based events. For him, it's not because it doesn't provide any competitive, uh, you know, any more competitive knowledge than you would get just from watching their streams. So I understand the sentiment, but I also get it from the organization of G2. They wanted to boost their numbers and they wanted to, you know, have more eyes on that tournament. And from that point, it makes sense. Yeah, that's a weird place that esports is in right now, right? It's kind of that, hey, you right now you kind of have to have uh, some big names there to draw the numbers for advertisers, for things like that, to keep them drawing. Um, and in, in turn, that kind of leaves you behind when it comes to the true competitive nature, right? And I think this is just a gross cycle that esports is going through. Esports is still very, very new to a lot of people, to a lot of industries, uh, and to a lot of viewers, right? And so until we start really making that difference, I don't think that difference has been drawn really hard down the line yet uh, in a lot of sports. Like take, for instance, if you talk about esports, you talk about Call of Duty, right? Like the the best in there are the big names. The best in there are the scumps, right? That also have a high viewership and are also are the content creators. And so um, part of that is that esports has created that line kind of hard to define at times. Um, and also just the nature of it being new. But he does go on to say something that I think speaks really highly to these tournaments that do involve these content creators. And he says, and again, this is the Fabrican coach email. He says, as a lot of very good players haven't been invited, so there is little to take away from an event like this. The competition is not at a level it could be. And when it's not team-based, but pug-based, it makes it really hard to draw any conclusions. So it not only does it limit the players that yeah. play in there, but it also limits the scene is basically what he's saying. We're not able to really have a good measure of what the competitive nature is. Uh, and it, this really does put uh, event organizers in a tough place. And I get that too. But, yeah. you know, at, at some point, hopefully 
the best players get their opportunity to play on these main stages. And it may take a while, uh, Taylor, to get sure. through some of these, you know, CSGO pros that came over and other people that have filled these spots until other talent is recognized to roll in and then they become the known names. They become the streamers by default because they are the best players. Yeah, and like you said, it is going to take time. That's why this series was created at its core, right? Uh, and there's going to be more tournaments than just the two that were ran here. But I understand the Fabrican coach, obviously, and his you know his drive to want his team to play and to be the best. And like I said, I, I've been on both fences, both sides of the fence. I understand both ways. I've casted events that you know had big name streamers. And it got great viewership. And I've also, but, you know, maybe not the best gameplay. It was kind of harder to cast. I'm not going to lie because, you know, it's easier to cast when action is taking place. But sometimes when you cast over content creators, it's not the best action. It's entertaining, but not the best competitiveness. But I've also cast tournaments with some phenomenal players that maybe you haven't heard of that are still, you know, those diamonds in a rough who are trying to make a name for themselves and eventually did. But viewership was incredibly low and no one watched it. And when people would come into the Twitch stream to watch it, they would say, who are these guys? Why are we watching these guys? I want to watch Shroud. Well, you know, where, where's Hiko? All right. Where, where is Scup? Like, as you mentioned before. Right. And like you said, it, it's, it is awkward because we're kind of in that world now where if something is streamed, people expect content creators to always be there because that's who they watch. That's who they view. But if they were just to take, if they were to take just a day of research and look at past brackets and look at maybe, you know, the, the KDA leaderboards from different sites and things like that, then they would understand like, you know, people like on this uh, Fabrican team of, you know, Meadow, Shadow, uh, Zapan, you know, these guys were the top 10 for overall KDA in the beta. They're incredibly talented and they should get a shot. So either way, I understand his side of things. I understand G2, but controversy like this is always going to be around and there's no easy way to really please both sides. So you just have to commit to one standard. And if this was invite only and that's what they wanted to do, then that's what they did. It is what it is. Yeah. The, eventually, like I said, it is going to be a thing where uh, the, the Valorant pro scene grows, kind of weeds itself out through certain pros that won't be there and the new players will step in. Uh, it is hard. It's hard probably as uh, one of those pros on maybe a smaller team to sit back and see, you know, invites going out to other people and things oh, happening. It hurts. Um, it hurts. After they commit so much time, you know, to a game that they love so much. And, and so I get that. Uh, but the encouraging thing is that we do have Riot Games behind us pushing these events, yeah. you know, developing something like the Ignition series and doing things like they did with the Rage Invitational also this weekend which was hosted by Japan's biggest esports event organizer. Uh, the Rage Invitational took place, uh, like I said, this weekend with, uh, with like, what was it, 16 teams that were playing? Yeah. And at 500,000 yeah, yen, uh, which comes out to about almost five grand in, in U.S. Yep. dollars. Uh, but hey, Pretty standard for Valorant tournaments, yeah. A, a fun little... It, it, what I really like about this is that already you're seeing Valorant take stand worldwide, not just here in the West where mm -hmm. shooters and popular uh, you know, shooter tournaments typically happen first and foremost, sure. but immediately happening over in Japan. And I think this is a big, big first step uh, for Riot and for uh, their domination of, uh, of Valorant worldwide. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's going to be important for the growth, right? Uh, making it go worldwide. The fact that we're already seeing tournaments, you know, take place over in Japan and now obviously NA and EU, we're already reaching kind of the, the edges, if you will, of the world and kind of the big heavy hitters. So the fact is, the more international game a game goes, the more competitive it can be because you truly kind of hone down who the best regions are, where are the best players at, and also gives you an opportunity to kind of split regions. You know, if you look at League of Legends, obviously a hugely international game. It's it's literally everywhere, but there is a big divide as to who is the best region, but not 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 so much. I mean, obviously, uh, China clearly leads the way, but whenever you do talk about like NA, you have your NA scene and you have your gods in NA, but then they, you know, of course, go out to, you know, compete in worlds and all of a sudden they, they kind of fall behind. So the fact is, whenever it does come to Valorant, I love the fact that, like you said, uh, plenty of uh, teams and plenty of countries now are taking part in this. And that's exactly what we need to do to grow the scene internationally. But $5,000, nothing to scoff at. That That's pretty awesome, given the fact that it's pretty the standard uh, amount that we've seen so far with Valorant tournaments. Shout out to uh, you know Jupiter for taking first place. I mean, it was a gauntlet. Like you said, 16 teams. It was a best of one leading up to the grand finals, which was a best of three. And uh, that's another thing, too, kind of like a, a brief talking point. I'm very curious to see how long these tournaments will take, obviously, given the fact that some games can literally... I, there, was a, there was a Reddit post, and this guy was testing out how long a game can actually take place. And I think the max that it can take place is, is literally an hour. That's like if everything goes perfectly and, and, you know, but I think the shortest is like, if you have a couple people leave that it can end by second round, something crazy anomaly, but you know, obviously the average is being 40, but if you think about it, you know, a 40, 45 minute match taking place in a best of three, each series can take what up to two, three hours. It's pretty crazy. Same thing with CSGO. So either way, I'm curious to see what what if anybody plays around with that, or is it always going to be a best of one till the grand finals? Obviously, if you have multiple days to run it, cool. But either way, great tournament, great two tournaments. Either way, even with the, the my conspiracies question is if if you do the best of three, though, uh, I think it really comes down to a viewership thing. Like, how long can a viewer sit there and invest into a three game series true. for multiple teams? Um, that's something that you know obviously is a, an obstacle of something new, right? I mean, typically you sit down, mm -hmm. you go to a football game, or you watch one football game. It's a consistent. It's two and a half hours, two hours, whatever it is, and you're done, um, and that's your one game. But if you're going on to the next quarterfinals and then to the semifinals, and it's best of three all the way, like that makes for a long Sunday of watching your favorite team. However, if if uh, if your favorite team is Jupiter and they do it in the fashion they did it, as you watch them go <laughs> yeah. through that bracket, they absolutely demolished it. Coming in first against Avalon yeah. Gaming, thir beating them thirteen to one, then going up against Sun Sisters Rapid, uh, beating them thirteen zero. And the thing is, Sun Sisters Rapid destroyed Crazy in the first round, thirteen to four. Uh, yep. So literally, if you, as you watch Jupiter comes here, thirteen to one against Avalon, thirteen to zero against Sun Sisters, then goes against Nora, uh, thirteen to one yeah. against them, just absolutely, you know, coming in strong, and then going in to the grand finals, basically not mi going down more than two rounds all day, right? They only lost yep. two rounds all day. Go in and beat uh, Lag Gaming uh, at 2-0, and it was the best of three. Beat them 2-0, and seems like, definitely right now, if you're a fan in Japan, uh, the, the Jupiter team is definitely on top, and yep. probably a team you want to be keeping your eye on. 100%. And you know what? That's the thing about the the tournament so far in the series and, and Valorant teams in general. You're going to see some teams that come in, think they're some of the best, and then they play against Jupiter and they get destroyed 
right? Yep. So right, right now, nobody could really contest them. In fact, they even won grand finals with a, with a 2-0, quick 2-0 victory in a best of three, right? So they just had to win two. And they did that against Light Gaming. The point is they dominated. So the skill gap is going to start getting closer and closer as the game continues to develop and the series does run on, you know. But uh, right now, we are seeing some dominant teams that are clearly ahead of the game. Either way, two fantastic tournaments that took place despite that. And I understand, like, you know, going back to... You know, for Breakin Coach, I understand his frustrations, but either way, tournaments are taking place and the Valorant scene is growing. But let's move on to at least our final topic for our main topics, and that is the fact that Riot Games reveals that some changes will be coming to uh, Spike Rush. And uh, I like this because Spike Rush can easily be a game mode that developers just forget about. They, right. they put it out there and they're happy with it. And they're like, whatever, it's not our main competitive mode, so who cares? But no, they continue to develop it. And right now, the biggest changes are going to be with the orbs. And uh, one of those things being, of course, the decay orbs. The, the decay orb currently is going to, at least right now, it, at least let me explain what it does. It reduces the enemy health by 90% for 7.5 seconds. So there is talk, at least as of right now, that they are going to be either changing how much it affects you, but also... Uh, maybe even changing the time limit. But one of the things that I know frustrated Big Rig, he hates it. I've heard it. Uh, Big Rig is one of the guys that we play with. And I've heard it in just random games. This paranoia or right? The deception or review. What do you feel about that one? Well, I mean, I, I, it brings I, everything I, in. It makes things so weird. I, I, I agree. I think it's really cool though. If you're a team working together and just run some spike rushes, you can really have some strategy built around paranoia, right? Because they can't hear your footsteps, really. They don't know which ones are real, which ones are fake. Um, and so I really, I, I, I actually really like it. I think it's kind of cool to use. I, I got some trick plays on it earlier today, playing around and just pushing people once I picked up that orb. Uh, decay, um, decay is, is tricky, too, because uh, it almost forces you as, as, a, as, the, as the defensive team, if you're pushing at all, or the offensive team, to, to stop your push completely, right? And, and really sure. delay you because one shot, right? You're dead. You're down to like 10 health, sure. right? It can decay you all the way down. Uh, and, and, and watching when those orbs are over is, is really... So I think there is definitely some strategy around this, this orb game, per se. Uh, but I can understand how it's distracting. You know, um, what is this? Man Wolf Axe Boss tweeted out that... Uh, or, or had a post on Reddit. Uh, got some changes to both Paranoia and Decay coming soon should both be less oppressive than they are currently. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. It, it, is there yeah. really going to be a big enough change to matter? I don't know. How can you change that uh, orb to really matter? Uh, well, I'm going to be honest. with Well, Decay, obviously, there's a very simple way. Obviously, you, you, could, you could limit the amount of time that Decay is active. You could or also how low it maybe will take give, you. Or how low it will take you. But, you know, Paranoia is much more complicated to kind of, Nerf. you know, obviously to nerf yeah because it's like what do you what do you do with it i mean it, it fakes footsteps it you know obviously tunnels your vision in it makes shooting incredibly difficult it makes literally all aspects of the game incredibly difficult to play so it's like the only thing that i could see happening there is just reducing the time much like they do on the decay orb uh but maybe they they allow you to be able to see a little bit more that's going to be a tricky one they introduced it it's there you can't really just remove it even though that's what they want it's not that simple because you just remove it and then things go crazy. But I'm curious how they will, in fact, redevelop it. Either way, I love the fact that they're working with uh, Spike Rush and kind of, you know, continually developing it. It makes things great. I think that you just, if they want to take it out, just replace it with another orb for fun for a little while. Like, no one, t I don't feel like anybody takes Spike Rush too serious. 
You know what I mean? Like if you lose a spike rush, people aren't like typically talking trash. If you are, get a life and please don't be toxic in our community. But well, we ran into that troll troll yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy Phoenix. That, yeah, the that Phoenix, guy. That guy. That guy that was like literally throwing down uh, his freaking fire, <laughs> yeah, on, fire me on the every ground, single man, and burning time. Us. I was like, come on, flashing yeah, us. Like, like seriously, bro. Like, why are you sitting there and gonna ahead <laughs> troll me in a spike rush? By throwing down your hot hands every two seconds, right? Like he's literally Tell just, with kindness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just ignored him, and he went away. You yep. know, just ignore. Well, ignore he went the away after the game was over, but <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Just ignore. That's him. the that's nice it. thing about spike rush; it doesn't last too long if you They're get a short. troll. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So they go away pretty quickly. Typically, what we play when you come in at night, since you you jinx us and we always lose, what? so we just go to spike. Well, rush. no, it's not even the jinx thing. It's just you know, one and done. <laughs> hey, I'm on for my last game. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> True, 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 true. But uh, one thing that we do continually talk about, though, in your one game every night is what to save and what to spend. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. Don't save a thing. All right, Taylor. This week, I'm going to take one for the team. I came up with this one. I did some insight. I dug deep to try to get some tricks, some tips, something they could use in the everyday. So next week, you're up Mm -hmm. to bat. So this week... Uh Uh-oh. We're going with Sage players. Those of you out there that are Sage players, got a little tip for you. Maybe kind of open up your mind to where you can utilize your wall, right? And uh, for instance, on top of boxes, Ascent is a great one to kind of talk about. Whether you go towards A and there's that little alley where you can jump on top of those boxes and end up using your ice wall there. Or whether it's going into, you know, past the shop if you're the attackers, into B main there where that first box in the orb is. And, uh, and putting your wall up, you can actually see down into B, into the bomb plant area, and also uh, you can see into mid-courtyard as well. So once again, Sage players, maybe look around, start using your wall in some creative places. I know, Taylor, I showed you that little wall space there on Ascent in, uh, yeah. in B Main, and y- y- you like yeah. that one. I do like that one, but I will say this. It is getting easier and easier to counter somebody that's doing that because you clearly hear that audible cue whenever the wall does go up. So be careful when you do it, but I do love it because whenever you pick up uh, an elimination there, it is so satisfying because you know they're camping that site and it's so hard to break through. But once you pick up that guy typically on site, you could just run right in, right? You have market to deal with. You have kind of CT to deal with, but either way, you're clear. You're good to go. But yeah, you could do the wall pretty much pretty much anywhere, right? How do you, and we've how do you seen feel so many about like, uh, like vert, more vertical movement in this game? You like more vertical movement? You like how it kind of makes your, you know, a, a lot of what we play is just horizontal, you know? I mean, it's not a whole lot of up and down. You know, somebody's in heaven so or something. Like jets, yeah, but like... Jets, you know, going up. Yeah, sage, yeah. Well, a lot, you know, there's jet, we don't see a lot of jet players right now, I think, for obvious reason. Um, she's not that great. <laughs> but hey, uh, if you're a jet player, we love you. We, we want to play with you. We want you to be more viable. That's it. That's all we're saying. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That, you know, that's a good question. I will say... I don't, I don't think Raze has any issue with vertical gameplay because I have seen so many people watching the Reddit clips clearly, and now they come into the game, and they're just throwing their satchel charges with reckless abandon. Yeah. Oh, they're just trying to satchel just for the for the sake of satcheling. I don't, it's like I'm, sometimes I'm getting hit with the, like two satchels, and I'm like, why? What, what was the point of this? It's like, you know, I play with Puckett a lot too, and he, he's obviously a lot better than your average player, Chris Puckett, one of the, one of the commentators in the Shout scene, legendary commentator. But... Uh, yeah, there's been so many times like been playing with him, hit me, hit me with the satchel, but he's just he's just going into hookah. 
Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? But no, I don't know. Vertical movement is is inter- But you know that opens up the door for for some you know next possible agents. You know, do you have more uh, verticality options with uh, with next agents? That's that's something to think about. Either way, utilizing you know horizontal movement, vertical movement, you become a master at both. You kind of come become like the avatar, if you will, man. You master of all elements, master of all directions, and all of a sudden you can. I just watch that series, by the way. That's why I use it. I can use it now. It was fantastic. Either way. Uh, yeah, more verticality. Couldn't go bad. Couldn't I, I go wrong. I think it's going to be interesting to see like the next agent we get. Like, what is their abilities? Who are they? Who are they focusing on right now? Is it going to be initiator? Right? Is it going to be somebody that has the ability to go I more? I swear vertical? it's going to be a healer. Right? Is it going to be healer? Is it going to be a tank? Well, it is. is it you yeah. know or support player? Should I say like what? What is it really going to be? Um, I mean, we're going to see. I, I'm interested to see what what if they bring uh more. You know, more mobility to the game with with other agents, kind of like we see mm. with with Jet and we see with with Rays, right? So we'll see, we'll see. But hey, yeah. if you're a Sage player, look for those options, those boxes, those different areas you can use your wall to give your team an advantage. But before we get out of here, let's jump over to Match Point. Match Point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. All right, Taylor. All right, so yeah, we, My- we you gave them the tip and trick. Yep. Now it's time to tell them what we want to improve on, Troy. I think I think it's time for us to have the spotlight a little bit. For me, as a commentator, as a player in general, I want to learn all the callouts, mm, all the maps. That's, a, good that's a tall task, yeah, but it's a necessary task as a commentator. But there's been so many times, so many, and the game's been out for a little bit now. I should know better, but I know most of the callouts. I know some of them, but there's so many times I want to make a callout of where a player is at, or where I was downed, or where I dropped. And I simply don't know, or I have to check the map. And this is me just simply not doing my research. So this week, I'm going to hit it really hard. I'm going to learn the callouts for all four maps currently. And I'm going to come out an absolute savage by the end of it. A savage, huh? You think so? Yes, I think so. <laughs> well, I agree I with do. you. I think, I, th- I think like I was, I was actually looking at some maps today online and just kind of playing around and looking at some maps as well, looking at callouts and things like that. Uh, you know, we have ones like so many people refer to on, on Bind, they refer to lamps as U-Haul, right? Um, and right. that little cubby area. So my question to you is, are you, are you going with the map callouts or are you going mm-hmm. with the community style callouts? So that's an interesting one. And... As a player, I don't care which ones I use, but as a commentator, I feel it is incredibly important to respect Valorant's wishes and to call callouts as they were intended. And it's the same thing with like calling the spike a spike instead of a bomb, or you know, instead of calling it you know counter terrorist, which because there are no terrorists like there in CS:GO, you call it offense and defense. So there's two different worlds that I kind of have to live in. So for me, learning the official callouts is the better option, I think, and and getting used to using those. So whenever I do cast. Hey, no worries at all. But as a player, honestly, if you're out there and you don't want to use the official callouts, you don't want to call it lamps, you want to call it U-Haul, you're more entitled to do that. Go ahead and do it. Everybody's going to know what you're talking about anyways. You should have a challenge on your stream, by the way. If you guys aren't checking out Taylor, check out his stream. He's been streaming a lot more, a little Valorant. But hey, the uh, the one thing that I do want to say, though, is that maybe you should do like some type of challenge where you're like, hey, if I call out the wrong thing, I have to give away a sub. Whoa, hit, hold on. Hit, you know, if I no, call out the, that's a tall order, my guy. Hey, hey I was <laughs> just saying it, you would learn them pretty quick. 
<laughs> How about five push-ups? I would learn there, equally there as well. There you go. Just some type of challenge. Five push-ups, ten push-ups. I'd go broke if, it was, if I was donating his son every That's time. true. That's My true. Goodness. You probably would. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you got really good at call-outs, then you would have to, you know? Well, that that's fair. Then, but, then I would be I'd be squared away. But now callouts are a great thing. I, I think it's a great thing to work on as well. Um, some of these basic things that we are definitely trying to keep core to the game and understand. Uh, and as we know, I've talked about it a few times, just getting getting better at core things on PC, like shooting, aiming, that kind of thing. This week I worked out. I got my my DPI set to eight hundred. I got my point three four sensitivity in game. So yes, if you guys are wondering, that's what I'm currently playing on. Sure, it is a little slow for most people. Uh, but it fits pretty well no, for me and it is actually yeah. a little bit higher than I was before. So I feel like my flicks are a little bit better. My, my instant aiming is a little bit better. I did some of that work in aim labs last week and, uh, I'm starting to feel more like a PC player every single day, uh, to be honest with you, Taylor. So, you know, Hey, look, I'm coming along slowly, but surely. And if I can do it and you're out there listening to the show and you're like, I really want to play Valorant, but I don't have a PC. I doubt I can make the change. Let me just encourage you. You can make the switch. It's not as hard and it's actually kind of fun uh, if you like, you know, kind of growing and doing something that's kind of an obstacle for you. But I also want to end with this. There's a lot of crazy things going on in our community and our world and everything else that's going around. And I just want to say, be kind to each other. Even like, even in this game, you never know. We've found some really awesome people in this game. Taylor just being nice and and having fun interaction with them and playing with them. And we've picked them up and some Mm -hmm. of them are core people too to our group and who we are. I mean, Grizz, for instance, this guy came over, we met him, been an awesome dude to play with. Um, so you never know, keeping the right attitude, being that, being that nice person in the lobby, you might find your next gaming buddy. And uh, yeah, man, I just, you know, it's been a crazy, crazy time around us. And I think gaming yep. is something that people need to enjoy and love and should be a place that you can escape and have fun and not worry about any of the crap that happens in our world. So be kind this week. Maybe it's a tough thing. Maybe you are super into like totally, you know, being aggressive, being competitive. And sometimes your attitude gets the best of you. Trust me, even mm-hmm. as a, com- a competitive player, they'll tell you controlling your emotions, controlling your attitude uh, can lead to better play. So not only is it better yep. for like the vibes in your room, but it can also lead to you playing better. Yeah. Spread positivity. I will say this, I, you know, I've been in esports for uh, about eight years now. I know you've been in esports as well for a while yourself too, Troy, right? So yep. Yep. esports and gaming in general, it's a lot smaller of a world than you think it is, especially if you're trying to reach the top. So you never know who you're going to meet in that regular public lobby, right? So treat everyone with respect and kindness, and you never know the gifts that you will receive back. Either way, this is episode number seven. I got to say, it has been a good time. We discussed quite a bit. What was your favorite moment? What do you think we can improve on next time? Make sure to leave a rating and a review and a comment and let us know what we're doing right or maybe what we're doing wrong. Either way, you can do that on iTunes or Podbean. You guys are great. And you all you agents out there, I hope you continue to improve and gain some more knowledge and insight. Don't be scared to go out and do your own research on the topics that we briefly covered at least today. But for myself, Taylor, reflection. Noble, as well as Troy Tuttle, aka Too Loud. We appreciate you stopping by and hope to see you guys again on the next episode of The Valorant Show. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.